here we are. Here we are. We're happy yeah. and we're glad. We're happy. We're happy. We're we're here. We're the we're happiest laughing. bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. Yes. Yes, Greg. <laughs> um, uh, do we know what episode this is? Uh, we know that John Mulaney hosted. We don't know yes, what. Sorry, I meant like our episode. On... Oh like, yeah. I don't. I don't care about our personal uh, episode. That's right. Yeah, we don't. We don't care. What we do care about is, like you said, John Mulaney hosted for the fifth time, which we'll also obviously get into. Yes. And LCD sound system was the musical guest. Wow. So, oh my God. <laughs> do you, Greg, want to get in to our top three moments? Greg, I think you should start. Yeah. I would like to start. My number three moment of the night was the monologue. Um, I think this is, you know, John Mulaney, I think, on the whole, is a, um, you know, a, a well, well-established guy, obviously, doing the five, the five times as quickly as he has. I thought I saw it. Yeah. Third, third or fourth fastest um, ever to, to do it. And Oh, uh, really? I would have thought it was, like, first fast. Who's the first fastest? Uh, Steve Martin is the fastest oh okay okay sounds like he did it like a you know the first season and a half or something like that sure sure sure. um so i i mean it is not just that you know having a seasoned writer and comedian you know is usually a safe bet anyway but he's just you know all these episodes i think now are just so solid front to back whether you found them awesome the way i did um or not they're just he's just such a safe bet which i think is why they keep bringing him back and part of this is he really likes the monologue as sort of um a deadline in his process for writing new jokes and building a new special which he's in the the midst of doing so um you know we heard him obviously been in the news a lot this year with um everything that's gone on in his personal life but um you know i think there was never really a doubt that he was he was going to be able to put all this together into a pretty tight John Mulaney monologue um yes. you know I'd seen him kind of work through a version of this on Seth Meyers show um mm-hmm. and you had mentioned here that it sounds like these jokes are, are already kind of in his his stand-up routine yeah I had um read about it on reddit and I think it I don't even think it was like an official like stand-up show that he had but uh like some sort of underground thing um, which someone had posted to Reddit, and it was very much this this same um, rundown of his intervention. Which I I mean, at the time I read it, it was fascinating, and it still is fascinating to yeah. to have him describe going into this room and having like literally like well ten to twelve famous friends just be sitting either in person or on Zoom. Um, and and being there for his intervention, it's like kind of incredible. So I did expect this, like you said, to to show up in the monologue, and I'm I'm glad it did. Yep. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably see some version of this, and you know, whenever Netflix special he comes out with a year yes. from now, the the tour dates just came out um, right before. I'm going to see him, appearance. Greg. You're going? I got I got the tickets September wow. 24th. Look at you. I'm so excited. Line up the babysitter. Here comes oh Emily. Oh my God, get the babysitter. No, I'm not even going with, with my husband. So like, he can just oh, stay here. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> he can play his fucking video games. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> going out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm. there was just no surprise that 
uh, we were cackling at this. Uh, mm -hmm. I was really um, enjoying all of the jokes about his baby. He was annoyed, but he didn't say anything. And I was like, that's my son. A polite man in an uncomfortable situation, but he's not gonna make a fuss. And this was a really bright light. I thought it was bright, and I'd seen lights. He'd never seen a light before in his life. To see on a baby's face the expression, Jesus, with the light, is very interesting. So it got me thinking a little bit of like, you know, the ways that I, that I recognized that my child was my own, you know, right after yeah. he was born, he immediately um, has the little titchy, twitchy foot um, when oh. he sleeps, which, which I also have. You got um, that twitchy foot? Got that freaking twitchy foot. That um, freaking twitchy foot. What about you? Do, is there something that you recognize in, in your baby? Um, I can't say it was like right after he was born, like, like you and, and John have, but yeah. um in, just in general, he is super talkative, super wordy, <laughs> and afraid of literally everything else. Yeah, but words. So yeah, um, it's a it's a grass, it's a water, it's um oh I don't know sure. a, a toothbrush. It's literally he's afraid of literally everything. Yeah. Um, and which is exactly me as as a <laughs> child. Um, I loved to talk your ear off and make you read a bunch of like nonsensical books but yep I was afraid of everything else so that that right there is how I know that he is my son so love that part emoji there we were doing a great job out there you know oh my god thank you and you know what so is uh John with Malcolm because oh my heavens I if he just only posted photos of Malcolm on his Instagram from now until forever yep. I'd be fine with it that'd be okay what? Who cares? Who cares? Okay. Uh, what was your number three moment? My number three moment was um, it was a cut for time sketch, and it was called Family Band, and yes. it was yeah, it was about as weird as they come. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where it was supposed to fall in the <laughs> the grand scheme, but I would I would bet obviously later. Um, so we had. Um, we had uh, Kyle Mooney as Sweet Vermouth, uh, John Mulaney as, I don't think they even had had names, but uh, John Mulaney and um, uh, Andrews Mukes as his bandmates. And it was um, Heidi Gardner and Mikey Day as the sister and not quite brother-in-law boyfriend uh, visiting th this couple. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm, I was trying to think uh, if we've had any other, I mean, we've had a bunch of nonsensical 10 to one sketches that have, that have done this, but this, this seemed like something all on its own. And it was um, them like reviving the revival of swing that happened in the nineties, which mm -hmm. I had completely forgotten about until right now. And do you, do you remember that Greg? Oh, uh, I remember it quite vividly. Um, yeah, but only because I was deeply uh, into it. <laughs> like we had the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy oh, album man. just cooking yes. on repeat. Um, the score like it was on zippers. in my yeah. in my parents' house like all the time. Yeah, why was that? Uh, it's great. I mean, that's that's probably why. Um, sure. It was right around the time I was I started to play drums, so I was just like 
really really fun to play those because you could just play a lot of the do 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 and I was like, ooh, I feel like a real alley cat, you know? Really alley cat, yeah, yeah. And I'm um always so interested in the costuming on the show, and it was obviously so obvious. So Heidi's wearing this um gorgeous wrap dress when she, you know, at the start of the show, um, and then as the it progress, I'm sorry, at the start of the sketch, and as it progresses. Um, we're seeing like the the skirt under the skirt and um, the little bit of like red peeking through and so it becomes obvious like this is going to be revealed later obviously that's why she's wearing the wrap dress love it Um, I do think that somebody came in maybe not maybe not somebody maybe it was just Heidi herself um, because the the camera cuts to to the band the brothers band and then cuts back to Heidi and she has kind of like cinched um, the the wrap dress like neckline, mm-hmm. so it it doesn't reveal that that little peak of red. So I just I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that that happened. Um, but like overall, just a ridiculous concept. The thing that that makes it for me is Kyle Mooney's absurdly large uh, suit jacket. Yeah. <laughs> clearly i mean they they all look they all look crazy yeah because this is a swing revival revival band yeah but um kyle mooney just i mean makes it with this with this gigantic brown suit jacket yeah his his suit jacket and andrew dismuke's wig really uh yes and yeah just carried this i think you're right about um just like the placement of this uh -hmm. like where in where in the show would this have gone um because the show all even with the ones that got in you know the the first sketch of the night was um monkey judge you know <laughs> it's like right. and that one sort Dang, of has yeah. felt like and that was uh please don't destroy writer wrote that mm-hmm. one i believe um so it's like even if uh <laughs> even if they were still going to find a way to put that one in it was already like going to be a little bit of a whacked out um show anyway so i'm glad we we get it um on the internet but um you're right it's just sort of like i'm not not sure where this would have gone but uh tickled us nonetheless yeah it's it's good nonetheless and we love um we love a big old bottle of gin so. that's right <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. who's your daddy yes i am <laughs> it's ali no it's not ali daddy i forget what they what they yeah. said it was um greg your number two moment my number two what moment, going with the Mulaney medley. Um, ah. Just, oh my uh, God. you know, I think this is, there's something like really old timey about um, John Mulaney's whole, um, you know, shtick and his worldview. Yes. And, you know, he's a very kind of like old fashioned performer, not just in the fact that he's, you know, um, a clean cut white guy with a suit telling jokes. Um, yep. But it's also he's like, you know, got this kind of encyclopedic old timey knowledge of like old New York and um, and the sort of knowing that you're going into the Mulaney episode that we're going to get one of these makes me feel like a much more of sort of like an old timey variety show. Um, So you're just kind of wondering where in the show it's going to come. And um, I really like this one. This was up there with one of my favorites. I believe this is the fifth one they've done. They've done one in every show. Um, so just a lot, lot in here. The only sort of, 
usual tradition that we didn't get is Pete uh, Davidson wasn't available. I didn't see if he had, if it was COVID related or what, what the case might be, but right. they plugged Andrew Dismukes into that, um, into that placeholder. But it's just like all these machinations, you're sort of wondering what um, crazy way they're going to bring Keenan out. Um, yeah. You know, in the first one, when he's the lobster from Diner Lobster may never be topped. But I thought um, oh, having right. him be a mole person in this one really worked. Um, l- when he was on the show last year, Cecily Strong was doing um, Schmigadoon. And I think they had yes. they had tried to find some ways to get her involved remotely. But I always feel like she's she's crucial to these two. So oh, I'm she glad, is, yeah. glad to have her back. Um, and then I, was this maybe the first time we've seen Ben Sherman in a, uh, in a non-pre-tape piece when he walks through I- as the finance bro? believe so just like nodding his head insanely like yeah true yeah true to a finance bro just like comes across perfect but i yeah i think this was the first time we've seen him in a non um ptd sketch yeah uh, i think the highlight both for me and my wife is when alex moffat came out and did like a the, the <laughs> fap, fapping on the train and like amazing an, an amazing gene kelly like impersonation like the dancing was if the dancing is not as good as it was that doesn't quite quite work but man just transfixed and and also like the i thought again as someone who is always <laughs> transfixed on the costuming like yeah. that those tiny nude briefs yeah like stayed exactly where they were supposed to <laughs> the, i Thank mean God. obviously the pics the pixelated thing like yeah it, it just worked amazing like um you know, he came out with the trench coat, like kind of like buckled. And then like at one point, like flawlessly his choreography, like when he like comes around the pole at one point, he Beautiful. just like yeah. pulls it out. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> like, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I did not know he had that, that in him, but that was just like, they must've been taking something from, from the Gene Kelly uh, choreography from, right? from singing in the right. rain. It was just beautiful. Just, just lovely. Um, and then, but I do, this did remind me of the whole concept of selling food underground at subway stations. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, what? Yeah. Why is that a thing? Oh my God. Yeah. That's I feel disgusting. like should, it's something like very uh, post-apocalyptic about that. You know, I feel like yes. it should be the only food you should be able to buy that far underground is like the little, you know, meal pucks. <laughs> that they eat in the back of the train and uh, yes you know. like why are we buying donuts and coffee underground no especially like you know obviously you and i um came of age in in boston like is there any reason to buy coffee underground when there is a, a dunkin donuts literally right above the ground yeah near the cop the near the tea station like there's no buy your newspapers underground don't buy your coffee under there for god's sake come on yeah we're trying to live in a society you know in a in a society um loved it i I thought it was great execution it 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 was it was beautiful and this was the the i think it was a great fifth um incarnation of this for sure what was your number two um i'm gonna go with the five timers club sketch yep uh because of obvious reasons um, there was a great transition from that uh, please don't destroy 
please don't destroy pre-tape. Awesome. When they just right went right into that five timers club room. Um and I mean, I'm a sucker. Like I'm a sucker for any five timers club sketch. Yeah. Whether or not there is a new member to um to elect or not, to get in there or not. Um, I loved uh Steve Martin holding his pipe backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you get me every time with physical comedy like that every <laughs> time every time just very confidently holding it backwards very yeah. confidently holding it backwards and steve martin just like is kind of chef's kiss just like maybe it's because he reminds me of my dad but like he will always just be like a comforting comedic presence to me Aww. always just like just love him yeah um if you start crying yeah. on this podcast i swear to god i'm gonna I lose it never <laughs> never yeah. Greg. um thank you you know <laughs> you're welcome yeah um tina comes out because yeah. if they didn't have tina come out we would have rioted we we rioted. You. yep at, at least the two of us <laughs> that's it just reading sorry buddy and <laughs> tina fey enters <laughs> control everything with stage direction. <laughs> and Tina is handed a drink by a new cast member whose name is, I want to say, Philip. It's uh, James Misfay. That's what I said, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> yep. um, as the first woman to wear glasses on TV, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly called it disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> which I believe. Um, and she's drinking the five-timer fizz, which is Justin Timberlake's tequila, John Ackroyd's vodka, and... Uh, Tracy Morgan's club soda, which is aquarium water. Yeah. And followed by the the amazing line from John Mulaney. Oh, gross. Dan Ackroyd's vodka. <laughs> I love how there he were, really likes, he really waited he, for it too. He did. He like, did. That line, really this line is good. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything else until people laugh at it. Yes. Um, there was a dig at the Mulaney sitcom in which he asked uh, Elliot Gold if you remembered him participating in it. He said, should I? Mm-hmm. Um, which was great. Uh, what else What else was there? Um, I mean, there were so many things. What What did you find great about this five-timers? I'm the Craig? same way where I'm just a cheese ball. I love these. Exactly. Like, oh, these are my favorite celebrities, my favorite, uh, you know, SNL people. Who's else? Who else is going to be here? Yep. Um, I love the Drew Barrymore painting on the wall. Yes, um, which is like a kind of a hit. I didn't see it until my second watch. Yeah. And the Tracy Morgan, um, you know, fizzy water is also on yep. the shelf. Um, I love the, uh, yeah, Elliot Gould gives him the oh, hello reference. Um, right as soon as he, as soon as he has his first line, um, you know, Conan was kind of funny that he came in and like, one of the most seasoned pros on the stage comes out and just immediately flubs a couple lines. I thought it was just like, like, this is just another reminder how hard this is, how easy people make this look. You know, it's not like, not like they picked uh, Conan up out of obscurity. He's still sharp on his, his craft and recovered well, but um, yeah, Yeah. he was in this, this first five timers sketch as as a writer I actually wasn't able to go back and find it but I saw there's a lot of screenshots going around Elliot Gould was in that one too with Steve Martin um mm-hmm. 
so uh there was just a lot a lot of good stuff in there i thought um you know sort of the ongoing um theme of tina hazing new cast members in the sketch um she had that um uh, one of the last times she hosted um as well so that's that's been a nice ongoing thing i thought um i noticed as they were going to commercials she had like gone down and picked up john mulaney's um other jacket and chucked it to the uh to one of like the stage hands it's just like you could tell she's just like super not necessary for her and super nice yeah i mean i think it's one of those things yeah someone is so in control of what's going on they can just see see the whole inner workings of it i think about it like um david ortiz would occasionally like when he was at the plate if he would see like a piece of trash you know blowing Mm -hmm. around he would call time out and grab it and put in his back pocket and then step back in the box and resume is that bat which is like not i mean sure it's a good samaritan kind of thing to do but i think it's also just um indicative of like he is so in control and the in the game is moving so slow for him i think tina is the same way on the show where she's just you know it's clear that she comes on she's so careful um so in control you just i think she's care comfortable with stuff bombing if it needs to without panicking she can deliver her lines and she can you know sweep the stage afterwards it's just i thought possible i'm reading into it too much but i think there's a lot there's a lot to back that up greg i was going to kind of like cricket you for that uh david ortiz reference being like sports what no i don't get it yeah yes i absolutely get it uh no not even understand yes that is completely the same thing like she can just i mean it was a cut to commercial obviously but she can just stop everything she's like yeah i'm tina fan i'm gonna pick up this jacket and hand it to like the hand like absolutely um complete picture excellent comparison greg you win that episode love that our episode yep uh we're both the winners um because i like to think so no losers on this podcast no losers what was your number one my number one was the please don't destroy pre-tape um this is great you know you mentioned the transition coming right out of this but through the tv that steve martin is watching and then we're into the five timers sketch i feel like this this to me please don't destroy has maybe been the most um sort of wholesale exciting injection into the show yes this season. i would agree um you know james austin johnson's impressions i think was sort of what is it stands out kind of on the on a ground level but because these guys are coming from you know the writing side there's been a couple of moments this year that have just been super original to the show which i think is really difficult mm-hmm. to do um you know in year 47 with sure. little things like that of like why don't we just kind of you know ease this into a transition they did that incredible tiktok sketch yes. earlier in the year they're great in the 10 to 1 moments with you know they they have their fingerprints all over the angelo sketches and yes. um sarah sherman's updates so just like really collaborating with some helping the, the new people find their voices and even though they are new people themselves but also they got their sketch in the number one spot this week um it, with with the monkey judge so um mm. i think that's just kind of it's amazing to to see a fully formed sort of comedy troupe come in and inject their style in a way that isn't like imposing it on the 
on the show structure as much as it is complementing it and enhancing it. Um, You know, a lot of great one-liners in here with Paul Rudd sick at synth. Um, Just could watch Paul Rudd air play synth bass whatever instrument paul just, rudd is the greatest he's, air player he's of all playing time. the synth and then like his like other arm is like you know just like well in a way i don't know what that's called if that's like a yeah. a synth playing method i don't know it but like <laughs> yeah. yeah just uh, fucking delightful and i thought i was just i wrote this down that i'm just like i was smiling like an idiot the entire yes. <laughs> time i was watching it and, and like i think that is the fucking point and anyone right. who like is watching it like what is this supposed to be it's just like yeah. come on man yeah what how just enjoy it <laughs> like yeah this just rattles my my internal frequency in just yes. the right ways um in addition to the fact that this is i think is like a little fever dream of what we're maybe thinking about or dreaming of post-covid of like oh man can we just go back to you know and then enhancing it a million percent by eating these giant sandwiches with a long yes um flowing locked al roker so uh-huh. i just this was just such a nice nice piece of medicine um and and an indicative of the kind of influence they've had this season i i would say it's my i don't know if it's my favorite please don't destroy of the season but i think it's the most powerful and effective please don't destroy the season yeah and maybe that's a hot take i don't know greg maybe Maybe people yeah. won't fight me. I don't, I don't yeah, know. exactly. People are going to come come for you on that one. But it was lovely. But I got your back. Thank you. What was your number one? Uh, my number one was the COVID dinner discussion. Yeah. And so I've, I've watched this a handful of times now. Mm-hmm. And the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, no. Like yeah. very, very much like, you know, in the show, like this, I don't know if this is like, going to be like palatable whatever um the conversation is obviously super topical super controversial but um (laughs) i mean as snl has been over the past couple years it's another of these like great sum-ups of like the way our brain (laughs) is processing shit after two years what is even real no one fucking knows like we're all just out here trying to do our best so this sketch sees um six uh friends three couples kind of like trying to like just have a dinner out and you know not talk about covid but all they can talk about is fucking covid yeah so um you know there's there's that very uh topical thing but what makes the sketch is um, the use of physical props and physical My comedy, God. which yeah. is just, I can't remember when I've seen the last time I saw a sketch that was like this dedicated to like physical comedy or or props. It's just fucking amazing. So um, each time anyone kind of like stops the conversation to bring up another like COVID related like thing, like are masks necessary? Is vaccine necessary? Yeah. Um, all the characters themselves go through these insane kind of uh, transitions. So we see like AB peeking through a napkin that has eye holes cut in it. We see um, Bowen just like cupping a glass and shattering, yeah. completely obliterating that glass. 
Um, in the second iteration, John Mulaney pulls out a fucking tooth with pliers. Yeah. Um, Kate McKinnon has an, a helmet that is like an elevator on her head. Unbelievable. Uh, the, the, the best, the best part of this, this sketch, hands down. Um, the elevator shuts on her face, and you can t- see she immediately breaks because she's just like her shoulders are just like heaving. Yeah. With with laughs. The um, freaking elevator helmet had me dying. My the, God. Like, come on. Like, yeah. How how could you not like that? It and that that's the thing. It was a like it was built around a controversial subject, but like. The physical comedy just like outweighed everything. Yeah. Um, I also think that anytime A.D. Bryant gets to say, oh, <laughs> is good. Sometimes we are a little overzealous when we condemn. Oh, no. <laughs> I just think that if people are actually losing their jobs. Oh, no. <laughs> Careful, girl. Um that montage for the apocalypse oh my god yeah was that's a good montage man they had years ago i was at work and there was um we were working on like a video promo piece for something that was like a little bit you know loose you know it was like open for creative input and there was someone uh, uh one of my coworkers had suggested we inject one of these kinds of montages into it and her yeah. trying to explain it to these to everyone else in the room who had no idea what she was talking about, but I knew exactly what she meant. She was like, I feel like now we should cut to like, you know, like a, a fast setting sun or like a nuclear explosion <laughs> and like, you know, a tidal wave crashing. And, uh, and I was or like, like a rat, a rat dying and being eaten yeah, by, maggots. by maggots. Yeah, exactly. So Brendan Fraser laughing. It's just like, yes. I was like, I know exactly what you mean. And I do my, we're going to be too outnumbered here. So uh, <laughs> I thought that, that was the first thing I thought of, but these are just always funny to me. They're, they're always funny. And I love that you stuck up for that. Yeah. At that point. Um, I thought this was a kind of interesting one because uh, one of the credited writers here is uh, Nicole Sun, who uh, was just added to the writing staff. Also, Allison Gates, Ken Sublette are the other credited writers on this one. So um, I felt like this was one they they were just trying to contrive a way to get them to say funny stuff, funny sounding things and use the crazy props. You know, it's almost sort of like the, the COVID of it all is almost secondary for me of what kind of they're Absolutely. focusing at. The, where are you up to? <laughs> that's like, oh, that's careful. <laughs> exactly. And that's it, like, it, it came across like a COVID sketch, and which would not be misplaced or, um, you know, out of, out of the question. But uh, the physical comedy, like, really elevated it yeah and i appreciated that well that brings us to our next segment called did you know who the musical guest was so emily did you know who lcd sound system was greg they did a music video with the muppets so yeah i know who lcd sound was we did has been did you know who the musical 
guess was where we learned exactly how out of touch with the cultural zeitgeist Emily and I are. We're in Dutch with a Greg because this band is old. The, <laughs> this band was formulated more than 15 years ago. Yes. Um, the highlight for me was after the second performance, they ended it with oh my God. tonight. Thank you for this. So and I, I was, immediately went to Twitter because I heard the thank you for this. And I was like, please tell me that he was do- giving the shout out here. This is amazing because I would never have caught that. I don't think even in multiple watches, I don't think I would have caught that. And so when you said it, I was like, this is, a, it, it, that's perfect. That is amazing. And like, especially for such a, a niche character, like, oh my God. Oh my God. Carlos oh Rodela was the, uh, at, at on Carlos Rodela on Twitter was the one that had confirmed it, uh, for us. So one Carlos, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to the followers at SML underscore vibes. Thank you oh for engaging God. with love it. the content engaging with we love it we love that i love that that guy gave a shout out i mean yeah i i really do um enjoy lcd sound system and i i thought that they were great in this but more great because of that shout out well every week we like to check in on how the featured players are doing and just try to highlight some of the beautiful things that we're doing uh Andrew Dismukes was in the Broadway medleys, as we mentioned, standing in the Pete Davidson role. And then he was in two cut for time sketches. So um, he's getting his work in this week, but we didn't necessarily see him in the live broadcast. Um, Punky, one of my favorite parts of the Broadway medley. She came in as the uh, train conductor, got a huge laugh with her. Gosh, um, that was great. Her, her lines there. Um was the name of the sketch Cupid Shuffle, the one at the end that there was sort of the... It was um, Cupid Shuffle, yeah. Cupid Shuffle, um, which is a recurring one. It was kind of a funny one to have recurred in addition to the uh, to the um, Blue Ridge dog food one. It was just like, man, amazing that they decided to... Those were not the two sketches of the night that I would have thought uh, were going to have recurring characters in them, but here we are. Sure. Um, J.A.J. was in Monkey Judge. He was, you know... Tina Fey's cuck in Five Timers Club. And then um, he uh, he and uh, Aristotle and Sarah Sherman were the uh, dancers and the fiddler on the roof in the Broadway medley. So um, I had to watch it a second time to catch Aristotle in that one. So Aristotle was otherwise out of the show. But I mean, I think the LCD sound system shout out to his character was- uh, Made it worth it for sure. Man, immense. And then Sarah Sherman was in the PDD. One, again, we're starting to see her pop up in these a lot. People have been talking about that's such a nice, natural, weird partnership um, between what she brings and what they bring. So continuing to keep her eyes on that, uh, the Broadway medley. And then she was in the Behind the Slime um, Nickelodeon sketch at the end. You know, someone who is in in her other non-SNL work likes to be, you know, covered in gross stuff and have blood shot at her and yes. what all these other kind of stuff. I thought that we were going to get more. She sure does. She was going to get even more slimed uh, than she was, but um, you know, we see you guys out there. Love, love to see the new featured players. Uh, love it. Players just making it happen. So 
Absolutely. Anything else this week that you that you loved that you wanted to talk about? Um, I did. I did love the Ukrainian chorus of New York opening yep. the show. Uh, obvious reasons. I thought that was was very lovely. I was really dreading the cold open all week. To be honest with you, I was just yeah. like, man, they have, they're so cornered as a show that they have to do something about this. It's just mm-hmm. undeniably the number one right, right, right. news story, and it's like, man, we don't. They don't have the right. Not only do we not have Beck Bennett, but that would that would not yeah. be the right time for it anyway <laughs> and i'm just like man I, you know i'm i certainly find nothing funny about the situation and but maybe professional comedy writers could could do something with it so i was just like oh man i'm glad that we're going short somber uh you know really focusing on kind of what's important so i was grateful for that absolutely i um I echo your your feelings. I think like a a bunch of uh, vetted comedy professionals could have come up with something something very good for this. But yeah. I uh, really appreciate, um, especially as a as someone um, descended from from Ukrainian ancestry. <laughs> yeah. The the they you know kind of I thought that was really beautiful that they let this just sit as it was. Yep. Uh, the Blue River dog food one, I thought was kind of funny, just as a recurring <laughs> sketch. Yeah, so I was who, thinking who about, thought that would be recurring? Man, um, I kind of like the idea of, um, you know, this this woman from the season nine sketch with Seth Rogen that she has yes. now like broken up with someone who doesn't understand her and has found someone who more closely. Uh, you know, aligns with her values and is encouraging her to to really spread her wings and call people out for their um, misuse of of it. I thought it was just kind of a funny um, little rabbit hole to fall into. So uh, loved it. I enjoyed that. Look at prime time. Yeah. (laughs) The tiny dachshund. Yeah. Well, next week we've got uh, Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX. So, um, first time for Oscar Isaac. I am a big Oscar Isaac fan, which I'm sure we'll get into next week. Um, Yeah. But until then, stay positive out there, friends. Bye.